Welcome back to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington, and we're joined by Rick Lubbers of the Duluth News Tribune. Hello, Rick. Hi, Robin. And Shalon Monroe, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Hello, Shalon. Hello, Robin. So, Shalon, probably the biggest news in Wisconsin this week was also one of the biggest stories nationwide. That was the election of Janet Protosewicz to the state Supreme Court, which would flip the court from conservative to liberal. Yes, Robin, that is correct. Justice-elect Janet Protosewicz won the race with 55%, 1,021,370 votes over Judge Dan Kelly with 44%. 818,280 votes. Now, this is significant because there are two items that will likely come up in front of the court, one being the state's century-old abortion ban and the next being the redistricting of the state legislative maps that lean republic. Dan Kelly was previously a justice on the state Supreme Court, first appointed by former Governor Scott Walker in 2016. He was defeated by Jill Karofsky in the 2020 election and sought to regain a seat this year. The next opportunity conservatives will have to take the course will be in April 2025 when Liberal Justice Ann Wash Bradley is up for re-election. Well, I understand the counties in our area contributed significantly to her win. That's despite voters having flipped the area's legislative seats from Democratic to Republican last fall. What was her margin of victory locally? So first start off in Ashland County, where she won 63% to 36%. And from there, we head to Bayfield, where she won 64% to 35%. And then down to Douglas County, where she won 61% to 39%. Well, politics aside, one thing we'll have to get used to is pronouncing the new justice's name, Protasewicz. I've been practicing that. And she had something herself to say about this. That is correct. Now, she actually posted a video on Twitter. I'm Judge Janet Protosewitz. She made it easier for everyone with that video. All right. Well, a far less contentious statewide issue was heard this week with a budget proposal by Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers to increase funding for the State Office of Outdoor Recreation. WPR's Danielle Kading has this report. Evers wants to make three positions permanent and provide around $1 million to the office over the next two years. Outdoor Recreation added $8.7 billion to the state's economy in 2021. That's a 14 percent increase from 2020 when people flocked to the outdoors during the pandemic. Tourism Secretary Ann Sayers told Assembly lawmakers on Tuesday Outdoor Recreation is one of the state's top tourism drivers. Imagine what this office can do if we give them a stable future with permanent staff and funding. Sayer says the agency supports a nearly $21 billion industry with funding far less than 1% of the overall budget. Some GOP lawmakers say that's still a lot of money, while others say the agency provides the best bang for its buck. Daniel Kading, Wisconsin Public Radio. And from outdoor tourism, we'll go indoors, where I understand a new professional sports team will be playing in Duluth. That is right, and this time it's not hockey because we're taking it indoors to Arena of Football. On Wednesday, former Oakland Raider, NFL Hall of Famer, and Heisman Trophy winner Tim Brown, the commissioner of the Arena League, said that Duluth is part of four teams, one that has been named in Springfield, Missouri, the other two that have not been formally determined yet, and the play will start in 2024. Hmm. So is this a major league sport? So right now, the league is really just starting up. 
Arena Football League officials said that they chose Duluth because of its enthusiastic fan base. But yes, this really will be a professional football team. Well, four teams may sound like a modest beginning, but 100 years ago, Duluth had one of the first teams in what became the NFL, the Duluth Eskimos. And playing indoors may not be a bad idea, considering the weather we've been having. Rick, I thought it was spring. It's supposed to be, but it's on hold at the moment. Uh, other than messing up your morning commute and adding some more snow to shovel, uh, this week's winter storm did accomplish something else. Uh, it moved Duluth closer to having the snowiest winter on record. Uh, the National Weather Service in Duluth officially reported a storm total of 2.3 inches of snow and sleet as of Wednesday, uh, bringing the seasonal total to 131.3 inches. Now, that's good enough for third place on the snowiest winter list, but still behind the 131.8 from 1949 and 50, and just over four inches behind the overall record, which is 135.4 inches that was set in 1994 and 95. Uh, so we have a little bit of work to do, uh, but it does appear that true spring is just around the corner. High temperatures are expected to start rising uh, this weekend and into next week and not stop until highs reach the 60s um, into next week. And they're expected to stay there um, at least for a few days as spring arrives with some true force. Uh, so time may be running out on the chances to top that record. I've seen some very unofficial online polls on various social media uh, asking people if we should go for the record, <laughs> as if we have any influence in that. Rick, what do you think, though? You want to place a bet on it? Uh, I would not place a bet on it because uh, there's still several days left in April, and as you know, we can get snow all the way into May. But uh, put me in the uh, column of people that want to... Uh, to not break the record. Okay. Well, <laughs> just like the cold weather sticking around, uh, the proposed Northern Lights Express train to the Twin Cities from Duluth Superior has been on the drawing board seemingly forever, but it's a few feet closer to getting on track? Uh, yes, it appears that way. A long-sought passenger rail line between Duluth and the Twin Cities appears closer than ever to reality this year, with both the Minnesota House and Senate versions of a transportation budget, including funding for the service. Uh, advocates for the uh, Northern Lights Express Rail Project, uh, who have been pushing for years to restore Twin Cities to Duluth passenger rail travel, say this year is the closest the state has come to funding the line. Estimates have placed the price tag of the project at about $450 million. Uh, but Minnesota would only have to chip in about 20% of the total, as the federal government would pay $4 for every $1 from the state. Now, as DFL majority lawmakers prepare their major budget bills, uh, both the Senate and House transportation packages contain funding for uh, Northern Lights Express. But there's a key difference between the proposals. Uh, the House version calls for $194 million to get the line started, whereas the Senate version calls for $50 million. Uh, the amount in the current Senate proposal would fall short of what's needed to get the matching federal funds. Uh, meanwhile, the $194 million would unlock nearly $1 billion, far more than the estimated cost of the project. A Senate DFL spokesman said there's a commitment in both chambers to get uh, the project funded. And while there's a discrepancy in funding now, uh, they believe it'll get hammered out later on in the session in a conference committee between the House and the Senate. Supporters of the uh, Northern Lights Express are enthusiastic this year about the odds for the proposed rail line now that the DFL controls all three branches of state government. Uh, GOP lawmakers question if the level of ridership and the length of the trip would justify the expense. 
but the Minnesota Department of Transportation estimates uh, a trip on Northern Lights Express would take about two and a half hours and could possibly outperform drive times depending on weather and traffic. Uh, if funding comes, advocates say service would begin in about three years. Uh, Northern Lights Express would use 152 miles of existing railway track and connect Target Field in downtown Minneapolis to the St. Louis County Depot in Duluth, and stops are planned in Coon Rapids, Cambridge, Hinckley, and Superior. All right, we've been joined by Rick Lovers, executive editor of the Duluth News Tribune. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Robin. And Shalon Monroe, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Thank you, Shalon. Thank you, Robin. You can stay updated on these stories and all the regional news anytime at WPR.org, DuluthNewsTribune.com, and WDIO.com. And finally, today is Good Friday and Easter Sunday is just around the corner. It's also the middle of Ramadan, which began on March 22nd and goes through April 20th, and tonight is the third night of Passover. We wish a healthy and joyous spring holiday season to all who celebrate. And that's it for this edition of Simply Superior. Ezra Wall is our executive producer. We received production assistance from Kate Spranger, and our theme song was written and performed by Bruce Nelson. I'm Robin Washington. Stay safe, everyone. Simply Superior news and issues from a superior point of view. Gathered to mirror your life and interest with the goal of helping you to understand the world we live in and the region we hold dear by sharing the stories and information you'll enjoy and